end users' expectations for bots, they way overestimate the level of sophistication that all these bots have. Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Each and Other, a podcast about designing for people and for business. Today, it feels like we're surrounded by chatbots. What once seemed like a novelty has now become an essential for any business that wants to stay ahead. Intercom's Director of Product Management, Brian Donahue, visited each another to explain why. What, what is the current state of bots? Because we're moving from Messenger into a new medium, and that medium is a bot. It's automated, it's a bit spooky, it's a bit of a black box for people. Maybe we can unpack that a little. Like the main pitch of bots is pretty, every, everyone gets it. It's like, you know, take away the... Um, Take away the the repetitive, the simpler, more repetitive questions and tasks that are happening and try to automate those. And for right now, still the majority of stuff is going to require humans to do. And hopefully that will just gradually incrementally improve to where humans are spending time on the stuff that actually requires uh, a, a brain that actually, or requires empathy or requires any of the things that we're re- uniquely good at. So um, it's really just this more modest start at the lower end and just gradually increase and just try to bite off the easy, simple, repetitive, boring stuff. But I think what's interesting about bots is that when done well, there's they're actually better on both sides of it. So if you're writing in and and asking a question and you get your answer immediately without having to wait, regardless of if you're writing later on the weekend or, or in prime time when it's busy, that is way better for for the end user. And like we've seen this in user tests and people are like, hey, if it's relevant, I'm happy to talk to a bot because I don't want to wait. No one wants to wait. Convenience. Convenience trumps almost everything. So um, so bots, when they're when done well, and it doesn't mean done perfectly, it's just when they're done reasonably well or close, then uh, that's fantastic for the end user. And it's great for the company because then they they could spend their time on the harder questions, on the ones that need it. So it's good for the company when the customer gets a, a faster question. Something else that's interesting with bots is um, the idea, particularly if you're looking more at the sales or you're looking earlier in the funnel, and that sometimes people are like wary of talk to humans. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not quite ready to talk to, ready to commit to talking to a person it's yet. It's a hard sell. Yeah, and people are fearful of, of sales. I don't want to be sold to. I'm just, just let me do my thing here, right? And so engaging with a bot who can more quickly get them, hey, you can sign up for this webinar. Tell, tell me a little more what you're, you're looking at, and I can try to help direct you faster. Um, and uh, is a lighter weight engagement. It's a less less of a commitment. My play, okay, I'm a little more comfortable talking to a bot. And so we actually see um, with custom bots that uh, we see this end user engagement, more engagement with bots. And that's the hypothesis. I don't think we know for sure yet, but it's like, this is a little safer space. Okay, I'll go with this. Yeah, I'll tell you a little more about what I want to do yet because um, I know it's not I, because it's good that you're not a person yet. And when I want to talk to a person, then I really want to talk to a person. So, um, so I think that's another uh, another thing to, that's easy to forget is sometimes. It, sometimes it's preferable to talk to a bot, um, but it's always it's always preferable if you're getting your answer faster. I guess it's a similar challenge in ways to the uncanny valley, isn't it? Where how far can we push this so it's still believable as a service before it falls over and people say, oh, I don't, I want to speak to a human now, I'm fed up with the bot. Well, I think what's interesting here, and, and we've seen this in uh, when we're testing with end users, is end users' expectations for bots. It's, it's bizarre. It's like people are like, 
there is a wariness of bot and they kind of are suspicious of whether it will work or not to some extent. But at the same time, they way overestimate the level of sophistication that all these bots have. And they kind of think I should really be able to ask any question at all. Like, you know, most people don't understand how narrow bots are. And they say, hey, you know, if I'm talking to Alexa, uh, it seems like Alexa can do anything. But they're not realizing that Alexa is not just like open to ask it anything. Every single one of those skills has been programmed. Every single one has said, what's all the different ways you can ask? What's the population of a country uh, so that we can get this question right? What are the general knowledge questions you know all of these things have been selected and programmed but to the end user uh it can kind of sometimes feel like oh it just seems to kind of do anything okay know? so let's break that down then for somebody who who has never gone if you like behind the curtain how does that actually work brian mechanically bots are a means of automating um communication an ML is a technology, machine learning is a technology that can enable some parts of it. And I think there's a lot of blurriness and themes of automation and bots and ML, AI, and people tend to blend them all together. And I think it's important to remember that automation is a really broad term and it includes uh, ML and AI is one part of it. So I, I think... Um, where, where we initially started is uh, with articles, our, our knowledge-based product, and we said, hey, we want to uh, use a bot to uh, automatically suggest, hey, why don't, while you're waiting for an answer, why don't you go check out this article and get your answer there and give a little snippet in there and give a good experience of seeing that and then saying if they clicked on it, say, hey, did, did that actually solve your problem? And our goal here was we just you just flick a switch, you just turn on article suggestions. And we had our first foray into ML was was actually trying to automatically match uh, what the user was was asking for with with the articles. Uh, and this upshot of this is it's really hard to do. The current state of technology is not that. Um, we can use natural language processing and kind of interpret what a, out of anything an end user is saying. They could say anything and interpret whatever they are saying and match it to a knowledge base article that uh, will be the correct one. That is incredibly hard to do. And so the, the, the result of if you just flick a switch and turn it on. So the result of that was that it's just somewhat helpful, occasionally worked well, but the numbers were too low. It just wasn't impactful enough. And we didn't feel it was something we could iterate on. So um, that was our first effort into uh, trying to, to automate the end user experience and get them to their answer faster. Uh, for us to take a step change in effectiveness, we had to like take a step back and say to our customers, we need your help. You got to help us uh, get the right answer to the customer. So, and let me explain what that meant a little more. Is so we wanted two things that we changed. The first time we just gave you a, an article, a kind of snippet of an article, and you could click on that and see the full thing. But we weren't, and then you'd have to go find your answer. So. Uh, there was one, whether we were giving you the right article in the first place. Two, you had to say, yeah, I'll click on this. Three, click on it and then go and find your answer. Um, you know, again, friction, little steps of friction. So what we wanted to bring instead was actually to just directly bring you your answer right there. Just remove any effort at all in attempt to um, not have customers wait around and, and require the, the company to reply. So it's very much like Google was doing when you know Google extracts answers uh, and puts them in front of you when you're typing in search results. So actually try to answer the question for, I don't know what percentage of type of queries that come in. So we wanted to actually do that. But there's no way we could do this by just flick a switch. So um, what we 
we do instead is with our AnswerBot product is we have a curation flow. So you actually go in and you say, here's the question area that I want to target. Here's, you know, what, what are your FAQs basically, right? What are the top simple questions that you can go? And then you train uh, the bot to try to identify that. And the way we use it is these, all the example questions that are coming in and you do a search and you kind of click through and say, yeah, that's right. That's a good example. Yep. That, no, no, not that. That's something else. Don't answer on that one. So trying to use real examples of conversations that have come in, you're actually training the algorithm for pattern recognition. Yet these are, these are right. And you're starting to kind of draw out um, this sort of area of questions and then you just write the exact answer. We're not trying to automatically extract the answer. You write the exact answer that the bot's going to give, and then you can set it live. And then so you've kind of created this space, but it's not rules-based. You're not saying when someone says these words or these words or these words, then answer. And the reason it can't be rules-based is because not people just write things too differently or it's part of multi there's just too much variation there uh so and that's where you need this natural language processing and then you need your uh, the, the algorithm that that we uh build and then you need to train that algorithm to get it started okay so if i buy answer bot say or i decide that that's the way to go then i engage with intercom and intercom helps me to kind of formulate the right questions where my users and my customers well, are well interestingly we initially started we said everyone knows their faqs we don't need to help them with that right and uh and then that was kind of like yes and no but again it's friction right so we're like hey we had to build a different technology to surface hey effectively we're like these kind of seem like your FAQs that you don't have an answer bot question for. Here's a good starting point. So we do actually surface to try to get you over that first step to say, hey, these are the questions that we're seeing come in um, that seem to kind of be uh, mapping together um, and, and hoping they they resonate as a as a good uh, question and, and one that um, they're like, oh yeah, I should be able to answer that. I want the, I want Answerbot to answer that question for me. So let's move on and talk about some of the results then, because I know um, that Intercom are able to back this up with figures. We can resolve 29% of your customers' most frequent questions. Uh, and that rate has held up. So, um, and what that's basically saying is, is when Answerbot is firing 30% of the time, uh, of the time that's going, it, it's, it seems to be getting it right. And therefore your team doesn't need to actually answer that question. So, and these numbers are like, these are real numbers. There's a, you sometimes seem crazy high numbers. I think all of us are slightly dubious of like, Hey, you're, you're automatically solve, solving 60, 70% of conversation. You see some huge numbers out there and we're actually trying to come with, Hey, here's the real value that's actually here. It's not going to change your business overnight, but it's meaningful and it's only going to get better and it's meaningful right now. So, you know, roughly 30, so 30% uh, of the time that Answerbot's coming in, it's getting, it's right. The end user's basically saying, yep, that's good. Or the Answerbot just, or the end user just went away and, uh, and said, yeah, I got, I got my answer. So it's like a safe space then for users if they're experimenting with uh, thinking about a purchase for example that they're able to deal with a bot and not feel hemmed in by human which is what we spoke about earlier yeah but i i think for us uh that's been a big shift is trying to be uh very transparent uh and when you buy our products actually showing the value and, and that's like another maturity thing uh, uh, as a company, as, as you're maturing, is uh, it, you like you got to show ROI effectively. You know, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And we got to show this to, uh, which is risky because you're also potentially showing 
not an ROI for this, right? But um, so that's that's what we tried. Um, that's what we're trying to do with with all of the products that we're doing. Was we have done the best job with Answerbot of exposing here's its resolution rate, here's its coverage rate, uh, here's the questions that are working well, and also try to encourage people to go back and fine tune it and work with it and get this to work better. So, um, so yeah, I think the big picture for where we think we're at now is there is value right now today to be had with automation, with bots. Sometimes with fancy technology, with the ML stuff, where you got to work with the black box technology there to, to get it working. And sometimes with the non-fancy technology, where it's just rules-based and you set this up. There is value right now to be had with automation, and it's only going to incrementally get better. And people are going to be working with it. We'll see these small steps and improvements. And if you're not looking at it, you'll look away in a year from now. You go, holy crap, it's, we've taken a step change. You know, It's like with the automation of cars, that that's... Uh, self-driving cars has been something we don't see the incremental steps that all the teams are struggling through each step there there's had huge it's had huge visibility and it was like oh it's a thing it's a thing and then we'll all look away because none of us are working on it thinking about it or experiencing it and then they'll feel like there's this big step change but there was no step change this was just incrementally sweating through every step and just getting it better and better until they have of course a much higher threshold before it uh, can actually uh, actually be used properly there but i think that that's what's happening now and it's now at a point where the value is there uh, and it's just going to keep incrementally getting better that's all for this show. I'd like to thank our guest, Brian Donahue, for joining us at each another and demystifying the nature of chatbots. Till next time.